Didn't take long to move on from the Super Bowl to the NFL offseason. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports owned by Bo Wolf of The Athletic. And Bo, good to have you. And uh, offseason power rankings. You've chosen the uh, general strength of rosters and coaching staffs and uh, along with a cap, a cap space approach. Let's start with the Cardinals, who you have ranked 32nd in the 32-team league. New head coach, new general manager, a so-called franchise quarterback coming off ACL surgery. I'm guessing that those things all factored into number 32. Yeah, I think I think you sort of nailed it, and and I don't think this is a, a you know indictment of the hiring processes that they that the Cardinals went through this offseason. Uh, you know, in my in my day job, I'm I'm covering the Eagles, right, and so uh, I've been able to watch Jonathan Gannon up close for the past couple of years. I think. Uh, I think he cares about the right things. I think players follow him and uh, appreciate him. I think he, he brings a great energy. But uh, this doesn't strike me as a as a quick turnaround type roster uh, for the reasons you talked about. Obviously, Tyler Murray's injury is a, is a major factor there. But I think even heading into last season, it was apparent that this was a roster in sort of a weird position where uh, all the best players were on the older side and there was a cliff coming and that cliff sort of came. And now they're left with uh, not a lot of, you know, uh, franchise players, it seems like. And, uh, you know, the three best players on defense last year, as I wrote, I think, you know, Zach Allen, um, Byron Murphy, both headed to free agency, and then J.J. Watt, who had such an awesome year, uh, headed to retirement. So I don't see a, uh, I don't see a quick turnaround here for, for the Cardinals. So let me use your day job thing here. Uh, you know, so do you think Jan- Jonathan Gannon's ready to be head- become a head coach here or anywhere? I do. I do. Um, I do think he's ready to become a head coach. I think uh, I, my position has been that I, I think he'll actually be a better head coach than he was a defensive coordinator. Um, I think he cares about the right things philosophically in terms of limiting explosive plays. I think he's probably going to be uh, willing to be aggressive on offense, um, just having sort of talked to him a little bit about that and, and knowing what the Eagles care about. But uh, I, if, if we're talking about the strength of the roster, I think that, that it's going to be more of a, a long-term rebuild. Staying on the uh, coaching change topic here, how did Sean Payton landing in Denver alter your opinion of the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting test um, because, you know, Sean Payton left the Saints last year, and I didn't really understand why there was um, so much enthusiasm for, like, what the Saints could be last year. I think losing Sean Payton uh, as the offensive designer was going to always be a huge issue, and I think, you know, with Russell Wilson, you know, Sean Payton doesn't seem like super thrilled to have Russell Wilson as his quarterback. But I think we should all expect that, you know, Wilson can't be worse than he was last year. And maybe that'll end up being sort of a gambler's fallacy thing. But I think that uh, there are there are uh, parts of that roster that are, are there to be uh, played with for, for Sean Payton. I think he can get more out of guys like uh, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams when he's healthy and even... You know, rookie tight end uh, this year, Greg Dulcich. I think I think they have some pieces on offense that, that he can work with, and the defense uh, is really good. Was really good last year under Ajiro Emero. Uh, I I would say that if they hire Rex Ryan, then I would have to sort of recalibrate my expectations for Sean Payton, and maybe he's uh, not ready to like be all the way back in on this like I thought he was. But uh, I think their roster is in is in pretty good shape. It really does come down to if you believe he can get a little bit more out of Russell Wilson or not. There were three other coaching changes, Carolina, Houston, and Indy. How do you look at those teams after their, their choices for head coach? Yeah, I think um, 
I think that Carolina is in the best position to contend this year, uh, in large part because that division is really bad. Uh, I think I had the Panthers ranked atop those four teams, but they were all the way down at 20. Um, you saw that they have the pieces on defense uh, in that second-half run that they had last year that they can they can be an impact unit, um, and they're the ones who ended up hiring Ajiro Evero, so I think there there will be high expectations for that defense. And then I think Frank Reich is a is a you know a calm, steady head for uh, for that organization that probably needs more of an adult in the room um, after the Matt Rule experience. Um, I seems like he's hiring a very good staff. It's going to come down to what they do at quarterback, which is the same thing for the rest of that entire division. Um, but I, I think that they have a good chance to, to be relevant in 2023. Um, I think the Houston Texans have a chance to have a have a monster offseason. Uh, you know, I love the the D'Amico Ryan hire, not just because it's you know him going back to Houston. He seems like he's uh, a guy who's ready to, to lead an organization. They have so much cap space and so many uh, draft assets. Obviously, the number two pick, but they've got another pick. Um, from the Deshaun Watson trade that I think is number 12 overall. And so I think they have a chance to, to have a really good beginning of a long-term rebuild, but I think they're probably a little bit further away just strength of the, of the roster-wise. And then in, in Indianapolis, you know, Shane Steichen, just like I was able to watch Jonathan Gannon for a couple of years, the same mm-hmm. goes for Steichen. Um, it seems to me that uh, like there's an expectation that he is going to be able to just bring this running game from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. That that doesn't strike me as exactly accurate. Uh, the offensive line is not as good. Um, Jonathan Taylor is obviously very talented, but uh, it undersells like the impact that Jalen Hurts has on the running game. Not even just uh, when he's running himself, but but the you know the fear that he puts in defenses and then having to account for him. Um, but I, I think that Shane Steichen is a very good uh, play caller, a very good offensive designer, a very good offensive mind. It, just like everybody else, it comes down to what they end up doing in quarterback. And so uh, I think he's probably there to help develop a young quarterback. That seems like the plan. And if that's the case, you're probably looking at uh, a little bit longer turnaround as well. Bo Wolf of the Athletic, currently in the sports zone. Aaron Rodgers, uh, what happens with your uh, assessment of the Packers if he leaves? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I had originally written that uh, blurb on, on the Athletic as if the whole text was dark. But my editor didn't understand that that's what I was going for. Um, and so it ended up just being a joke about the darkness. So it's not as good as, in my indication. But um, I, I caught yeah, on I mean, to that, it, by the way. I, you didn't fool me. I was with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, uh, you know, if they move on from Aaron Rodgers and hand the keys over to Jordan Love, uh, I think the expectations would, would certainly be for them to not win that division, right? Um, but it would be sort of interesting to see uh, Jordan Love. I thought last year when he had his little cameos, he looked better than he did the previous uh, year when, when he had a chance. And so it's interesting. You know, they, they, they brought back Aaron Jones, uh, I think, yesterday, and they have pieces on offense. Christian Watson certainly emerging as uh, an interesting playmaker this year matters. I think their defense has really underachieved the past couple of years, and, and that's something where you wonder if that's going to you know, bounce back and they'll be good next year or if it's more of a, of a structural issue. But, you know, if they move on from Aaron Rodgers, I think probably the expectation is not that Jordan Love is all of a sudden going to be there for 15 years and carry on, you know, the, the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers' torch. So let's just play play along here and say that let, let's let's just say that uh, Rodgers goes to the Jets. How much do they move mm. up? Yeah, I think I think the Jets are the team. Like if I was a veteran quarterback looking to move, that's that's the team that I would want to go to. I think they're the team that is most 
of all the quarterback needy teams, I think they're the most ready to win. Um, on offense, they've got some really interesting playmakers. Garrett Wilson, obviously, one offensive rookie of the year. He looks really good. Brees Hall, their running back, was on pace to be in that conversation as well. Uh, he seems like he'll be ready for the regular season. Their offensive line has improved. And then on defense, uh, you know, this is something that I looked at heading into last offseason. Uh, defenses who are like top 10 defenses in the league but don't have a lot of takeaways. That's the kind of thing that usually portends a big year the following year. And that's exactly what happened with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, in 2021, they were a top 10, like top 8 defense, but they were bottom 5 in the league in takeaways. And all of a sudden, uh, they had a huge number of takeaways this season and became the best defense in football. The Jets um, are the team this year that sort of fits that, uh, that you know, template. Um, and so I think this is a team that, that could, if they get the right quarterback, be like a legitimate Super Bowl contender based on the strength of their roster. Along those lines, Derek Carr, there's lots of differing opinions of Carr, I think, around the league and from, you know, just fans in general. Uh, what's your assessment of him and where may, might he land? I know the Jets have been mentioned, but if he doesn't go there, where might he end up? Yeah, I think I would probably look at the NFC South, too. Um, and you can make a case for any of those four teams. We know that he obviously visited uh, the Saints and, and you know decided that he wasn't going to approve a trade there, but he could still sign there. Um, the Panthers would make sense with Frank Reich. Uh, they have the eighth pick, and so they may be hoping that they can get a young quarterback, but I don't think that signing Derek Carr precludes that. Uh, the Falcons, I think, are interesting. Uh, that's a, an offense that um, has been successful without a quarterback. Now, uh, I think there's some momentum for Desmond Ritter to be given a shot there, but, but I think Derek Carr would be an upgrade at least short-term for sure. And then Tampa Bay, who knows what they're going to do with a roster that is not built to uh, like take time for a rebuild. They've got all these veterans, and I think they're going to want a veteran quarterback to help them try to win now. And so that's the one that, that to me, uh, makes the most sense, except that they don't have a lot of cap space. They've got a lot of cap room to clear. And so uh, I think part of it depends on how uh, patient Derek Carr wants to be. But I think if you look at the NFC South and just say one of those teams is going to get Derek Carr, I think he would probably make that team uh, an early favorite based on just the strength of those rosters. The Ravens, do you expect them to retain Lamar Jackson? And they've got lots of questions for a team that's you know won a lot of games in recent years. How tough is it to rank them? It's very tough. Uh, I think that was the toughest, um, just because it's such a wide variance in where you would rank them, whether Lamar Jackson is going to be back, obviously. And, you know, I've always been under the impression that you know, they're going to find a way to, to retain Lamar Jackson. You, you're not known to the business of getting rid of a, a quarterback of that quality. Um, but just reading our, our Ravens beat writer, Jeff Zrebeck, he has been, you know, sort of softly, um, you know, hinting at the possibility that, that they really might get rid of him. Um, and part of it is because, you know, if you franchise tag him, it's like $45 million on the cap, uh, and it's hard to build the rest of the roster with that, with that just sort of sitting there. And if Lamar Jackson really doesn't want to be there, is there a case to be made that it's better for the franchise to unload him if you're going to get a huge, uh, you know, bevy of picks in return, something like, you know, two first-round picks or something like that? You could make the case. Um, I don't know what they would do at quarterback otherwise. Uh, and they also have a, a you know, a veteran-laden roster um, that seems like they would want somebody to, to help win now. But uh, it, it's the kind of thing where, like, the longer that this process goes on, where Lamar Jackson has not you know, re-signed with the, with the Baltimore Ravens, the more likely it becomes that, that maybe he will go somewhere else. 
Talking NFL with Bo Wolf of the Athletic. All right, the 49ers, they're an unusual situation here. They got a lot of top, top shelf players, but this quarterback thing, uh, what, what are your expectations for them, whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy? Yeah, I think that was a uh, that was not a popular ranking on my part for 49ers fans. I had them all the way down at, at 11, but uh, that's you know this is not a reflection of the quality of their team this year. This is this is about looking forward, and um, you know the, the quarterback situation is is an issue. Uh, we don't know how Brock Purdy is going to recover, how long that's going to take. Um, Trey Lance obviously has had his fits and starts, um, and does not necessarily uh, deserve like the benefit of the doubt that he can be a, a great quarterback. Who knows who the quarterback is going to be? Um, the rest of, of the offense, I think, is, is trying to take a bit of a step back. And then on defense, you know, you lose D'Amico Ryan, you bring in Steve Wilkes, which is, which is a great replacement. Obviously, Steve Wilkes knows what he's doing. But for the same reason that uh, I thought that their takeaways would jump up this year, I think they're going to come back a little bit next year. And this is a, a roster that, you know, a roster building process that has been about going all in. And they don't have a first or second round pick. And even if you don't expect those picks, to you know, necessarily make a huge impact in year one. Uh, it's the continuation of their roster building philosophy, where it seems like they don't really have a ton of um, you know young impact players. So that's why I've got the, the Niners a little bit lower than, than some people might. The Rams sticking with the uh, NFC West here with their limited draft capital, very similar to the 49ers. Then all the Sean right. McVay drama that we've had here. How, what do they need to do, and how do you rank them at this point? Yeah, I had them sort of in the middle of the pack, I think 14. Um, and that's just, this year was like everything that could go wrong went wrong for them. Um, all of their stars got hurt. And so with Sean McVay coming back, um, with Matthew Stafford coming back, and if, if we assume that he's going to be healthy, you've still got Cooper Cup, you've still got Jalen Ramsey, you've still got Aaron Donald. Um, I think you trust Sean McVay um, to be able to, to figure out a plan moving forward. And that's, it's sort of like a, a, a bit of blind faith in, in that process that I even have them as high as, as, as they are. Um, but they've got a lot of work to do. Um, I, I think I'm just sort of betting on some positive injury regression that they're going to be a little bit healthier next year. Okay, back to the day job thing here. The Eagles lost yeah. their two coordinators this week. So, you know, what do they do at this point? Yeah, so Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman had their wrap-up press conference yesterday, um, and Nick Sirianni you know, said what has sort of been our understanding all along, uh, that he would like to be able to fill both coordinator positions in-house. Um, he is very intentional, uh, and I, I'll have a story about this on The Athletic next week, but he's always been very intentional about sort of grooming his coaches in the building for the next job. And some of that is like bringing in guys like Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen to his uh, process, like giving them access to the kinds of things that you might not get access to from a head coach uh, decision-making process and the kind of things that you have to deal with that you might not know you have to deal with. And some of it is, you know, uh, grooming position coaches to when they become coordinators. And uh, I think the expectation on offense is certainly that they will stay in-house. The two likely candidates are, are Kevin Petullo, who is the passing game coordinator and has been uh, with Sirianni for a long time. But the person who I think is, is considered the real favorite is the quarterback's coach, Brian Johnson, who has a long history with Jalen Hurts, uh, has been an integral part in that development, and is also the kind of, of person who uh, I think would be an offensive coordinator somewhere, if not in Philadelphia. And so it would make more sense for the Eagles to simply promote him and, and keep him. On defense, 
Uh, Denard Wilson, who is the defensive backs coach, the defensive passing game coordinator, is the, the in-house front runner. If, if somebody in-house is going to get the job, it's going to be him. But that's where they're probably a little bit more likely to, uh, to look outside the building. And I know that there have been some reports they're going to interview Vance Joseph, who maybe you can tell me a little bit more uh, about yeah. you know, what Vance Joseph brings on defense. But it's a different philosophy than Jonathan Gannon. I know Vance Joseph much more blitz-heavy, much more boomer bust, whereas Jonathan Gannon is much more steady-as-you-go, prevents a big play, bends the jump break, and hopefully you can hold up in the red zone. That's actually exactly how I describe Vance Joseph. The you know blitz heavy and boom and bust, I think, is perfect. So that's my uh, quick assessment of that. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Mr. Joseph because obviously he's not going to be back here. One more sure. team I want to ask you about. Uh, you know, I'm curious. Uh, I think I may be most curious to see what happens with the Bills. Uh, they were built, I think, for the mm. 2022 season. And you mentioned the salary cap thing, and you're you know you're, you're you're determining factors here. They got a lot of decisions to make after a really disappointing season. What should they do, and how are they going to try to manage this? Yeah, I think the two big uh, pending free agents for them are Jordan Poyer, the safety, and uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the, the linebacker. And I think Edmonds is probably more likely to come back, and that's based on reading uh, our our Bills writer Joe Biscaglia. Um, you know, he, he's more in the prime of his career, whereas Jordan Poyer is on the, on the wrong side of 30. And so that's probably where they would lean if they can. Um, but, they, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. They built that team for last season. And, and maybe it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, sort of not being considered uh, like the number one favorite by everybody in, in the football world will benefit them to some degree. I mean, the good news is they still have Josh Allen, who's one of the, you know, three or five best quarterbacks in the league. And I think you would hope that he will turn the ball over a little bit less than he did last year. And as long as they do that, they're still going to have, you know, a top five offense most likely. And as long as you have that, you have a, a chance to win the Super Bowl. So uh, even if the defense gets a little bit worse, I think they will still be contenders. Okay, I'll add one more thing about Joseph. I think he actually had the blitz here quite a bit because he had some, you know, cornerback issues and, then they had some pass rush issues, so I think that. Uh, so I'm not certainly the personnel that he would get if okay. he knows that the Eagles would be much different than what he had here. So maybe he'd address things a little differently there. Okay, that's good to know. All right, hopefully I'm accurate. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks, Bo. <laughs> good, good talking to you. We'll do this again. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Bo Wolf of the Athletic. Excellent stuff there.